Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Welcome back to the Jimmy Sangenberger Show with another program that is jam-packed as we get close in to the election day. That is not really an election day when you think about it because ballots have dropped or are just dropping. Either way, next week you will get your ballots in the mail for your local elections, be it city council, school board, ballot initiatives such as Proposition HH that must be defeated, you name it, it is an important election for any of those positions or any of those ballot measures because it will affect you and it will affect your kids and your grandkids if you have any. And today we are going to be spending a good chunk of time talking with a bunch of school board candidates for three of the different school districts in the Denver metro area. And I think this is the school board election. Like, this is perhaps the most critical election for school boards that we've ever seen, particularly because there's so much attention on it. There are so many candidates that are well qualified, that are fighting the good fight for the future of education, but really the future of Colorado and this country. We will be speaking with candidates from the Jeffco School District, Thomas Wickey and Amara Hildebrand. They will both be joining us at 640 this morning to offer their thoughts on what's happening in Jefferson County Schools and where to go from here in Colorado's second largest school district. Douglas County Schools will also talk with a couple of candidates from the best DCSD slate. There are three members on that slate. Two of them will join us this morning. Jason Page, who's actually on the board. He was appointed a few months back to fill the vacancy left by Elizabeth Hansen on the Doug Coe board and Maria Sumnett will be joining us as well. They're both on that best DCSD slate. And we've got another pair of candidates that will be dropping by Scott Graves and Steve McKenna, who are running to be on the school board for the Cherry Creek School District, of which I am an uh, alum. And I would say it is among these three districts, the one that is the most thriving on an antiquated reputation that no longer applies. Cherry Creek Schools is not dedicated to excellence. Let me just say this. Cherry Creek Schools these days is dedicated to excuses, a different EX word. Excuses, not excellence, which is disappointing to say as a graduate of Grandview High School in particular in that school district, but it is not what it once was in a range of issues and areas. So we will be talking 
with candidates for Jefferson County, Douglas County, and Cherry Creek schools coming up starting at 640 as we do a swing through some of the key races in the school board realm of politics today. And, of course, what else is the big news? When we were on the show last Saturday, the breaking news that we woke up to was, of course, Hamas attacking Israel in what ended up being the most brutal single day of violence against Jews since the Holocaust. We had no idea what really was the size and scope of what was going on at the time we were on the air. And the last week has been a whirlwind in Israel for the thousand plus, I think we're up to somewhere around 1,200 Israelis that have been killed, not to mention hundreds kidnapped. And of course, the Americans, Germans, and Canadians, and others who have been killed or snatched by Hamas. And of course, we have the apologists for Hamas, or those who were uh, defending, while not necessarily openly saying they were defending, like Tim Hernandez, the state representative we've all been hearing about throughout the course of the week, who was appointed to his position a few months back. And you'll recall that on this program, the day of that vacancy committee, we were the show that was talking about it and saying Tim Hernandez today could become the next state representative in Colorado. Here's what he's about. He is a radical. And a couple of weeks ago, I called him Colorado's Lord of the Flies. We don't need to tread that ground again, but needless to say, this is somebody who, well, let's just say he has a history of refusing to disavow violence. I'm not here to police protest. You know, I think that folks who who choose to relegate towards violence uh, is a personal political decision for themselves. It's a personal political decision for themselves to relegate towards violence. And of course, last Saturday night or evening at a protest for Palestinian rights that really was a front for, and you can hear it in the chants, advocating for or defending Hamas, uh, here is the exchange between a Jewish man named Russell and Tim Hernandez. Condemn the murder of women and children in the streets by Palestinian terrorists. I, uh, I condemn any form of colonial violence. I condemn any form of colonial violence. I asked if liberating Palestine involves murdering women and children in the streets. I told you I believe in the liberation of Palestine, but I've already answered that question. And I think it's despicable what they're protesting for. Congratulations. And the fact that you can't condemn women and children and elderly people being murdered in the streets. What about it? The fact that you can't condemn women and children being murdered in the streets. And Hernandez goes, what about it? Now, keep in mind, as I have been documenting this week. uh, uh, Look, the, the reality is that you have a lot of radicals who are in Colorado's government, particularly among the Democratic Socialists of America, the DSA wing 
which I wrote about yesterday in my column for the Denver Gazette. But throughout the week, in my Gazette columns, as well as online, on Twitter in particular, or X now, I've been documenting the violent rhetoric, the different anti-Semitic comments that Tim Hernandez has made, the list goes on, from not just this week amidst... Hamas's attack, brutal attack on Israel, but going back into the past where he had tweeted out memes of, uh, well, in particular, one meme attributing a quote falsely to Golda Meir who was the Israeli prime minister from 1969 to 1974. She was prime minister when the Yom Kippur War broke out, and it's the aftermath of that war that led her to resign. And Hernandez, back in 2021, sort of planting the seeds of his anti-Semitic views, as we now see them revealed to be, put out a false quote about Meyer, talking about how she attended Denver's North High School, which she did briefly, and then ended up in Wisconsin, and that's where she graduated high school, and then eventually made her way to Israel when the Jewish state was founded. And I think she was involved in the founding of Israel, as we know it today. And the quote that was shared in an image was the following, quote, When we burnt Al-Aqsa Mosque, I did not sleep the whole night for fear of Arab armies entering Israel from all around. But when the sun rose the next morning, I came to know we can do anything we want, for we are facing a Muslim Ummah nation which is asleep. Two things about this little quote. One, she never said it. And number two, it was completely false in terms of even the basic facts surrounding when the Al-Aqsa Mosque was set aflame in 1969. Israel had nothing to do with it. Now, the Al-Aqsa Mosque is a prominent mosque in Jerusalem, but it was the act of of one Australian, non-Jewish, 28-year-old arsonist. Israel had nothing whatsoever to do with it. But here's the even more significant part. It's not just attributing a quote falsely to Golda Meir. Not just attributing the Al-Aqsa Mosque being set aflame to Israel and saying it was the, the nation of Israel that did it. No. What is really significant here is how this fabricated quote perpetuates dangerous anti-Semitic tropes. This includes the canard that Jews run the world while the rest of the world remains oblivious. And it portrays Jews as bloodthirsty murderers, echoing the historical blood libel slander that goes back to the Middle Ages. And I want to be clear about something, as I was on Tuesday in my column for the Gazette. No matter where it's coming from, anti-Semitism must find no refuge in American society. Left or right, it must be called out, it must be shamed, and it must be shunned. 
And again, I don't care if it's the left and the likes of Tim Hernandez or Rashida Tlaib who refused to condemn Hamas chopping off heads of babies. Or if it's Kanye West. Remember earlier this year, we were all over the Kanye West anti-Semitism. And that's because it needs to be called out and cannot be tolerated. Now, Hernandez had promoted this rally that he was at. He was, uh, well, he would eventually attend. He promoted it. He retweeted tweets that he then removed because they weren't so good for him to be sharing. And on on a private forum as well, for Democrats in the state house, he wrote, quote, there is no excusing violence for anybody, but as people who represent all people in Colorado, including Palestinians, interrogating this issue with a full set of information is imperative before we moralize who is on a side of an issue by labeling some as terrorists. In other words, what he said in that heat of the moment was calculated and a strong viewpoint that he held He wasn't going to condemn the violence or label anything as terrorism. At least not until some outrage happened. I was the first on Twitter last Saturday to highlight Hernandez going to this protest. And then it it all started to spread, especially when that video got out there. Then at my column in the Gazette, other articles were written, the Denver Post called him out for it. The Denver Gazette said he should be forced out of his position on the legisl- in the legislature. Because, by the way, this is a guy, Tim Hernandez, who was appointed to the position by a small band of Democrats. It's not like it was an election that brought him in there. And yet, there he is. So he puts out a mealy mouth statement or whatever term you want to use that was just woefully inept and woefully incomplete and just not sincere, not serious, not strong, nothing. And that was particularly after State Senator Daphne Michelson Janay criticized him as well as a few other Democrats. And after that video went viral on social media. Well, lo and behold, yesterday evening, Tim Hernandez, or afternoon, releases a video in which he finally condemns Hamas and apologizes. I condemn Hamas and their attack on innocent civilians that was targeted towards Israelis, but has resulted in the, in the deaths and murder of, of Israeli folks, Palestinian folks, Arabs, Americans, and, and so many others. People who are harmed and suffering deserve our respect and and I have to apologize for the way that I caused harm in community by not making that explicitly clear. I got here because of my choices, my online decisions and and because I wasn't engaged with impacted community members. I liked tweets that were harmful and my lack of condemnation when I was asked a question at a rally during a tense exchange left people with a lot of painful questions. And Dude, you gotta you had a Palestinian flag in your classroom when you taught in Denver. And presumably in Aurora as well. Not to mention all the other extremist flag I mean you got a Cuban flag in there and others. 
And, and you want us to think you didn't premeditate this or that it just wasn't wasn't that you realized enough truths because you hadn't talked with community? There is no excusing violence for anybody, but as people who represent all people in Colorado, including Palestinians, interrogating the issue with a full set of information is imperative before we moralize who is on a side of an issue by labeling some as terrorists. That was you last weekend, Representative Hernandez. And now you want us to think you just weren't forthright in condemning Hamas after it already had paraglided in to slaughter 260 innocent concert goers. I just had a great time at the Tommy Castro concert last night and being able to go to a concert, enjoy yourself and get back home safely is something we expect in America. And frankly, they expected in Israel, but it didn't happen. People were kidnapped. 25-year-old young woman who we don't know what was going on with her. Another woman who was 30, also kidnapped from there. And that was the one with the uh, video that went around where she was in the back and of, of a truck. And a guy with a rocket-propelled grenade at his leg draped over her waist as they were pulling away the truck and a man spit at her. She was kidnapped. And you didn't want to call it terrorists in a written statement to your colleagues? And just one more thing before we go to a break, and that is 20 seconds from the video of Hernandez, after saying what he said there, he goes on to equivocate. Being in community this week where I met folks who have family that's in Israel that have been killed point blank, and meeting folks who have family in Gaza who, who are awaiting more violence and death and famine as they wait the, the, the impending Israeli response, I think it's very clear that, that Jews, Palestinians, and Arabs in Palestine and Israel are continuing to suffer. It's everybody that's continuing to suffer. I'm going to condemn Hamas, but then I'm going to make like all the other democratic socialists of America that I associate with, and I'm going to... Both sides of it. Oh, well, it's not just we're talking about Israel being unjustly attacked in this way. Brutalized murders, rapes, kidnappings. But I'm also really concerned about all these other things. Come on, man. We're supposed to believe in apology there from the guy who said this. I'm not here to police protest. You know, I think that folks who, who choose to relegate towards violence uh, is a personal political decision for themselves. And also who has called for a forceful cultural revolution on social media where he says, oh, he liked tweets he shouldn't have. Please. I'm Jimmy Sangenberger. We're just getting started. What are your thoughts? We'll have a few minutes on the other side. 303-696-1971, our telephone number. And you can text into the show on the 710-KNUS app on your smartphone. Name in town, name in town, if you wish to text in, please. Just getting started. Jam-packed show. Keep it right here. 710-KNUS. Coming back on a radio station, 
listening to Tommy Castro singing his tune, Big Sisters Radio, singing really about how the radio, music in particular on the radio, captivated him and changed his life forever. The blues man performed this tune last night with his band, The Painkillers. It was Tommy Castro and The Painkillers and special guest Deanna Bogart, who is, she's freaking phenomenal on the keys and on the sax and her vocals, like just the whole package. And they performed this in particular for something that will do, I'm sure, Kelly Michaels' heart very nice. Behind the glass. I got to show him a picture of me, Tommy, and Deanna. But they had all these radios, old school, small radios, transistor radios, you name it, some tape recorders and whatnot, on the back of the stage, on the wall. Just really cool at Ophelia's Electric Soak Box, which I'd never been to until last night. It was a great show. They're always such a blast. Met a few KNUS listeners, uh, Norm, Greg, and Lynn. It was great meeting them. I, I loved when Norm came up to me, and he shook my hand, and all he said was, all ease. And, of course, I naturally responded, all the time. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a lot of fun. I always love meeting listeners at uh, shows, and that was a blast. But the whole thing was great. I did get to sit in with Tommy and the band for a bit, which was always just a real, real treat. And Tommy Castro is a four-time, including this year, B.B. King Blues Award winner for uh, Entertainer of the Year. B.B. King Blues Entertainer of the Year. And Deanna Bogart, four-time Horn Instrumentalist winner of the year as well. And uh, they really showed last night. Tim Hernandez, state representative, wants us to believe that he is very apologetic about his refusal, unwillingness to condemn Hamas. I condemn Hamas and their attack on innocent civilians that was targeted towards Israelis, but has resulted in the in the deaths and murder of, of Israeli folks, Palestinian folks, Arabs, Americans, and, and so many others. People who are harmed and suffering deserve our respect, and, and I have to apologize for the way that I caused harm in community by not making that explicitly clear. I got here because of my choices, my online decisions, and, and because I wasn't engaged with impacted community members. I liked tweets that were harmful, and my lack of condemnation when I was asked a question Ugh. at a rally during a tense exchange Ugh. left people with a lot of painful Aww. questions. And left people with a lot of questions. His lack of condemnation. Oh, murder of women and children in the streets by Palestinian terrorists. I, uh, I condemn any form of colonial violence Can you say yes to that? actuated upon any group of people. Colonial violence refers to Israel, by the way. So you can get some Twitter clout or what? I asked if liberating Palestine involves murdering women and children in the streets. Yes or no? I told you I believe in the liberation of Palestine, but I've already answered that question. And I think it's despicable what they're protesting for. Congratulations. Congratulations. And the fact that you can't condemn women and children and elderly people being murdered in the streets. What about it? Let's be clear about something. Before we shift gears for a while. That was a lot more about his tone and tenor. He also threatened Russell. 
He also was snide and said, oh, you're only going to get three people to watch this video. And guess what? I heard what I saw one count of like 12 million millions of people have watched that video. It's incredible. But this is a guy who time and time again repeatedly did and said things going back years, by the way, that were anti-Semitic, anti-Israeli, defending Hamas, so on and so forth. And now he expects us suddenly to just, oh, take his heartfelt condemnation, heartfelt apology, and just accept that that he's a, a changed man over the course of the last few days because he heard from community. I don't think so. We will talk a little bit more about this later on in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll also be joined by former military intelligence contractor during the Cold War, Keith Nobles, to get his insights on some things going on relative to Israel, Hamas, Iran, Saudi Arabia, and more. But we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to start with a series of school board candidates, beginning with Jeffco Schools, Thomas Wiki, and Amara Hildebrand will be joining us here in just a few moments. Keep it right here. It's the Jimmy Sangenberger Show, Denver's local talk leader, News Talk 710 KNUS. With the best bumper music known to man, 10 years running, it's the Jimmy Sangenberger Show. Dwayne Allman on the slide with Johnny Jenkins doing a tune that makes me want to break out a harmonica. As we continue, 710 KNUS, and we're shifting gears, talking with some school board candidates this morning, because make no mistake, this is the school board election of 2023. That is, 2023 is really the year of the school board elections. That's a better way to put it. And I am very pleased to be joined by two candidates for school board in Jefferson County Schools, Amara Hildebrand and Thomas Wiki join me this morning. Welcome, Amara and Thomas. Good to have you. Thanks, Jimmy. Thank Good morning. you, Tim. And thank you so much for getting up extra early to join us. I really appreciate that today. Uh, and I'll start with a lady first. Uh, Amara, why don't you tell us a little bit about you and why you're running for the school board in Jeffco? Sure, Jimmy. Um, I've been in Colorado for 22 years. And my my kids are in ninth grade and sixth grade. I have one public school kiddo in um, at Green Mountain High School, and then I I have one the sixth graders at private school. Uh, we actually took our kids out during COVID. Um, wanted them to be in person, and so I'm coming back to public school and kind of uncovering some of the the issues. I'm a, a small business owner. I'm an engineer, and I'm pretty practical. And I'm I'm seeing that um, I don't feel like our schools are, are being guided by free market principles and common sense, and I'm um, worried about the achievement and um, where we are with the budget and some uh, where we are with mental health as well. I have some ideas about that. So, um, you know, I, I, Thomas and I have a couple of opponents, and they're um, they're backed by the union and democratic leaders in the state. I don't think you have to look far. Um, it's not a partisan race, but you don't have to look far to see that, that those principles really aren't, aren't um, making us thrive. And, yeah. and so that's what I'm worried about that the kids aren't thriving. 
For context, too, uh, Thomas Wiki, Jefferson County Schools is the second largest school district in Colorado. And not by much. It's not far behind Denver, but it has lost a lot of credibility and trust from parents, teachers. I know we'll talk a bit about that. But from your vantage point, Thomas, who is Thomas Wiki and why are you running for the school board in Jeffco? Sure. So Thomas Wiki has some skin in the game, really, as all Jeffco residents do, even if they don't have kids, they pay some pretty absorbent taxes and mill levies that may be proposed. Uh, I have, however, a wife who is a teacher at Drake Middle School. I have three kids, two of whom have graduated uh, and left Jeffco, and one uh, is a freshman. In fact, last night uh, participated in his first high school theatrical production with a role. So very, very, very nice. proud of them. And, uh, and you know what? Jeffco does some good things, but we are in some serious problems as well. Uh, yeah, the trust that you mentioned. Professionally, I am a president of a college. Uh, just in short, our metrics, our outcome metrics, we graduate, license, and place. That's meaning place in professional careers. Over 90% of our students year over year. And when I look at Jeffco, who has seventh grade reading, only 30% hitting state minimums, the opposite reality, I just can't sit around when I know there are, there are answers and there's ways to turn this. Yeah, I, I think it's so crucial to have folks get involved and step up, especially at these most local of levels. And I want to talk for a moment about that financial piece, Thomas Wiki. I mean, we had in Jefferson County, there was this $563 million bond program, just as one example of how financials are so awry, that uh, it was approved in 2018. It went over budget by nearly $200 million. And that was, by the way, 15 months after an expert consulting firm had examined the program, identified significant overruns, and offered unheeded recommendations. Now, this was a very big deal, a failure of the district, and would oversee, um, it was made up of, of industry professionals, by the way, charged with overseeing the bond program that will cost nearly $1 billion. That's just one example of financial mismanagement that seems to be a real issue, Thomas, in Jefferson County. Yeah, thank you for bringing up a very specific example. That type of thinking just pervades this board. Uh, currently, there's four union-backed, union-funded, really union-owned candidates. We're running against two more. We have a real possibility of having a 5-0 union-owned board uh, that will attack the financial situation exactly the same. In fact, in the next three years, adding this next in the future, the budget accounts for a nearly $60 million deficit. And that's one of the points I'm running on is we need to bring serious and immediate fiscal accountability back to, to the spending Jeffco. Uh, let's just be clear on one thing, too. If you want to see what a 100% union-backed board will do for you, just look at Denver Public Schools, because that's what you'll see <laughs> right there. Uh, Mara Hildebrand, I, I want to ask you to share your thoughts on some of the budgetary aspects of what's going on, in part from the angle of student achievement, because we are seeing that decline, and it has not bounced back since COVID in Jeffco schools. What are you noticing in that regard? Yeah, you mentioned you mentioned the audit, and they determined some deficiencies that haven't been addressed. Um, yeah, and, I, and I, even before COVID um, numbers in 2019, we had 54% of Jeffco's third graders didn't meet uh, 
state literacy levels and 65% didn't meet in sixth grade didn't meet math. Um, and that's, I mean, we're, we're failing these, we're failing kids to, I guess, to, to launch into life and, and to thrive. I, I had a, a conversation with a friend recently. She said, you know, my niece graduated from a Jeffco school. She had accolades. You know, she, she was well-decorated and she went to college and two weeks into it, she said, I can't, I can't do this. It's too hard. So, yeah, I, I think as far as the, the budget goes, there's certainly money that's being spent on things that aren't helping kids achieve. Um, we've got to focus on reading, writing, arithmetic. Um, we have to focus on, I think, career and tech education, STEM pathways. We're not matching um, students with jobs. And my sense is we're also, uh, my business is in construction. My sense is we're also wasting some money on the capital improvements and overruns. Oh, and, yes. And perhaps, um, yeah, change orders that aren't getting getting looked at and, and you know, just not. And perhaps it's the, the acumen, right? You've got people on the, the board that, that don't have that construction background, but I think that's something mm. I could bring um, to, to the board with uh, some some sense on sure. are, are the costs that we need to um, prioritize. We've also spent a tremendous amount of money on the schools that close. Yes. That's, I mean, that's unfortunate. You don't have a crystal ball, right? You don't know. Um, but there's been some ways. When we look at 16 schools being closed and then the district goes ahead and ends up spending net even more money because they have to renovate or make additions to other school buildings to accommodate the changes in students that are no longer going to the schools that they close. That tells you a lot about the financial yeah. mismanagement in Jeffco schools. We are talking with two candidates for the school board in Jefferson County, Amara Hildebrand and Thomas Wiki. We've got a few minutes left with you both. And Thomas, I'd welcome you to share some thoughts on a Achievement, but particularly from the perspective of the lost trust that we have seen from not only parents, but teachers in Jeffco schools of late, because it all goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Absolutely goes hand in hand. And we have, you know, education is just like any other product. In fact, it's the most important product. I, I think all Jeffco parents would say, you know, I buy an expensive house, I buy an expensive car. That doesn't begin to compare with what I want to buy by way of education for my students. And when they see the lack of academic achievement, when they hear of some things that are being taught in the class instead of that, some of the diversion uh, into areas that really aren't the purview of, of, of our schools, they get upset, and I don't blame them. They leave and go for a better educational product. I, I have a saying that part of this is on the parents, right, because the principles of our children Parents are the principals involved in their education, not the principals in our schools. Uh, so the third thing we haven't talked a whole lot about is I believe that the parent-child relationship is the most sacred relationship that we have with anyone on this planet, and schools have no right to get in between that. So uh, putting some of those decisions that we've seen back in the hands of the parents ties directly with them wanting mm -hmm. to stay in Jeffco and the funding Jeffco has. Uh, Thomas Wiki, what is one thing that you would like to accomplish as a school board member, change, do differently, implement as a policy? What's one key thing? So I would have to go directly to communication because I think that underlines trust. 
I would want a policy or practice or directive across to every school and every teacher that says your communication with your parents must be open, transparent. Nothing can be done that is a surprise to them. Uh, you know, and, and we know that the teachers union just earlier this year sent out a directive that actually led teachers to do the opposite, to write down uh, physical records and notes about students on paper so that they could easily be destroyed and uh, avoid yes. FERPA investigations. Uh, which is absolutely just astonishing to think about. And by the way, charter schools have had several benefits that they have received from the district changed on a on a dime and just without any notice and it has put them in a very precarious position in some cases and that's just one instance of communication failures in jefferson county schools Uh, amara hildebrand i want to ask you for a moment about what we're seeing with kids mental health especially in the wake of covid because this is an issue near and dear to my heart i've been public about my own mental health challenges over the years but when you look at kids especially they're in a particularly precarious position right now certainly social media doesn't help what can schools do about it you know i think we can at least message and educate them um we know that the social media isn't good for their brains it's not good for um we know as adults it it is addicting and it has um negative effects but especially for developing brains i think that it, that children need perspective and purpose and i think that gets done through community service so whether it's a policy that requires that or um, just a a message at least that you need to get out there and help in your community. We need to build back our community. Um, That takes all of us. And and so I think kids would be much better off if they, you know, get, go solve the problems you see, be the change that that you want to see in the world. And and perhaps that would give them a little bit more hope and uh, direction. Uh, I'm getting low on time here. Real briefly, what's one thing you would like to take action on if elected the school board, Amira? Well, that that's it. The yeah. um, the, the community service, but I'm also I'm also worried about we're not right sized in in potentially administration now that we've um, closed schools. I'm looking at a chart. Um, even in 2020, we we were kind of upside down. So I think looking at the budget and and where we're spending our dollars and where we can save. And real quick, finally, before we have to let you go, uh, Thomas Wiki and Amara Hildebrand, we'll start with you, Thomas. 20 seconds, where can folks go to learn more about you and your campaign, and what's a quick little elevator pitch? Absolutely. You can go to team, like a sports team, because this is going to take a team effort, teamwiki, that's dot com. And, and I would just say, I know your listeners are, are great and involved people. If every one of them listening votes, we lose. If every one of them goes out and tells 10 friends about what they heard today and who we are, then we win this. Very well put, Thomas Wiki. Amara Hildebrand, your final thoughts, where folks can go to learn more about you and your campaign. Sure. I'm at amara for jeffcokids.com. So that's Amara, then A-M-A-R-A, the number four, and then Jeffco Kids. And yeah, I'm guided by logic. I'm an engineer. I think that Perhaps the government needs a little, um, a little more direction like that. More of us nerds, I've been saying. Um, <laughs> you, 
people who can pro- problem solve and and not let emotion get in the way. And I, you know, I know teachers do so so much, and so I, I am not um, yeah. certainly. <laughs> this giving, isn't about knocking teachers. Teachers union and teachers are two very different things. That's for darn sure. Absolutely. They're doing incredible work with limited resources. Thomas Wiki, Amara Hildebrand, thanks so much for joining us on the Jimmy Sangenberger Show.